0: Hey, hey, what's going on? This is Teo Hayashi, one more time with you. This is the Dunamis Podcast. And I got one of my closest dear brothers in the house, Christophe Ulysse. Christophe Ulysse is a Haitian Canadian missionary that we met in Hawaii, and I, I I, think it's safe to say, both of us, we got Hawaiian soul. Yes. So, Christoph, welcome to the Dunamis podcast, bro.
1: Obrigado, man. It's an honor to be here.
0: That's it, man. If you didn't understand what he just said, he said, obrigado. <laughs> Why don't you educate our audience, bro?
1: Bro, if you don't know, you need to know that Brazil, culture, everything, the food, the spirit here Come on. is like... Some of the best I've ever seen in the world, straight up. Yeah, if up. you don't know,
0: we're actually recording from Sao Paulo. This is
1: Sao Paulo.
0: Sao Paulo, Brazil. So, first time that you're in Brazil. Yeah. All right. So, straight off, <laughs> off the bat, what is, uh, what's your first, like, your first impression?
1: Bro, instantly, man, see, everything I say, I don't want it to come off as like I'm just, like, hyping it up. But it, <laughs> it actually is that. Like, it really is that. You know, it's... It's like love at first sight. There's so much soul in the people, the joy, the character, the um. But but really, you know, it's the spirit of God, yeah, that's here. It's it's uh. And and I don't say that lightly because I'm part of a global missions organization, travel around the world. We're yeah, we actually
0: during lunch today we were talking about nation counts. Yeah, and uh, remind me, how <laughs> oh, how, how man. many nations have you uh, been to oh, so man. far?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's like thirty-five. 35 nations. 35-ish, yeah.
0: All right, so I, I guess it's safe to say he's well-traveled. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, But we interact with the nations a lot at our campus. And, um, you know, so I don't say that lightly when I'm saying that there is something very special happening here in Brazil.
0: Well, you know, I'm biased because yeah. uh,
1: I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Brazilian-Japanese.
0: Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I kind of grew up around here. Uh, so, yeah, but I would agree, man. There is something yeah. about... Uh, you walking into any Christian meeting here and it yep. feels like there's a lot of hunger, there's a lot of open heavens, and, uh, uh, and there's uh, just, I don't know, man, would you say that it's kind of like there's
1: a butter, right? Bro, it's like, well, I think sometimes, you know, it can come across as like, oh, it's just flattery or, you know, a foreigner coming and saying something nice. But at the same time, I mean, the, the numbers don't lie. You know, you sell out the stadium for the send the yeah. beginning of 2020 Break the record, beating you two in six hours, you know, and change the numbers don't lie. So God is up to something. People People are are hungry. hungry. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So you sell at that stadium. You had the other, the other two stadiums. So three stadiums. You're like, okay, you can't ignore that. Obviously, God is doing something, and it's young
0: people. It's nothing to do with us. I just want to. It's like the sovereign movement. No, no, I want to make sure. You you know, I I want to make sure that we (laughs) we put it out there. I mean, it's totally beyond us. (laughs) Right. It's not about a a name, a ministry, a band. It it really is a sovereign move of God.
1: It's a sovereign move of God. Coming here, I was like, I hear the stories. So that's one thing. But then I obviously have a lot of my close, like our our close brother, Andy, you know, and Andy Bird and others telling me the the stories. And so they're saying like, no, the power of God too. So like in the meetings, hearing stories. Hearing stories of dunamis where they're having to carry people out of the venue because they're still under in the, the glory. Power. They're yeah. still under the power. Totally drunk. <laughs> totally drunk. So I'm here. Not on alcohol. <laughs> yeah, not. Nah.
0: want to make sure that we. Uh, Mr. Know.
1: Officer, I assure you, this yeah. is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but at the same time, bro, it reminds me. Because, you know, coming out of Toronto and out of that renewal, yeah, so I, I hear the stories and I'm like, that, I remember that. I remember yep. getting carried out of venues. I Come remember on. watching people have to get carried into their car. Yeah. Or, you know what it's I mean? It's real. It's real.
0: Oh, it's real, man. But, but
1: what's interesting that's different to me about, and again, so with revival, I don't use that word lightly too. Because okay. I've experienced a genuine, like, historic move of God, you know, so, in Toronto.
0: So, since you're just touching on yeah. this. Why don't you just kind of take us into like your backstory? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the backstory. Because okay. I just said
0: you're Haitian Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you live in Hawaii. Uh huh. But I mean, I know you had like contact with the yeah. Toronto Revival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's All where right. that's your hometown. So yep. tell us about that. All right. So
1: for the backstory, though, I gotta I gotta rewind a little bit back, and uh, it starts it starts in Haiti. Okay? Haiti. In Haiti. But so you were born in Canada. though. I was born in Canada, but in Haiti. Um, my grandpa was a, was an evangelist in Haiti. Mm. Okay, so his strategy, just like how you go into any outreach you're doing, you have some type of strategy, bro. His strategy is he would walk around with a can of gasoline and his Bible. Really? And he would go into every village, and he would first go to uh, the voodoo priest. We call the voodoo priest there hougan. 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 And he would knock on the he would knock on the door, and he would say, "Hey, I know you're tormented by demons. Would you like to be set free?" Wow. That was his strategy. And so the, uh, oftentimes because the enemy, the power, you know, it's only uh, he's the enemy himself is not ruling from some boardroom somewhere. He yep. himself is in torment. Oh, yeah. So if you go to that power, you're yourself are being tormented. Yep, so my yep. grandpa understood this. Oftentimes the Hugan the would say, I can be set free. Yes. And would give it, you know, my grandpa would preach the gospel. Mm. The Hugan would then, they would then bring all the paraphernalia to the center of the village. That's where the can of gasoline came That's in. Yeah. Just burn it up. Just burn it up. And um, so my grandpa was an evangelist in Haiti. Now, um, one time, this, this uh, ministry, I think it was compassion, you know, like world yeah, vision yeah, compassion. Yeah, yeah. They come to this pastor at a small church in Canada and they say, hey, um, would you sponsor kids in Haiti? You know, monthly. and yeah, you can yeah, yeah. And so he said, well, can I come down and just see what work you're doing on the ground? I want to make sure it's actually going to the kids. They said, we'd love to have you. He comes down. The problem was for the Canadian pastor coming to Haiti, yeah. it was so poor there, bro, that all he could do for the first three days was cry and pray.
0: Man.
1: He couldn't go out. They had a whole itinerary for him. He, he couldn't do any of this he stuff. He was so shook. He was so shook to his soul to the court yeah. to see that level of poverty. This is under the the reign of the du- Duvaliers, the dictatorship, yep. Yep. which is they were ruling from the parliament with demonic influence Dude. and the v- power of voodoo. So the level of darkness is yep. exacerbated, right? Yep. But it's so poor. This the poverty alone. He's paralyzed in his room at you know at the location. And all he can do for the first three days is cry and pray. Can't eat, can't go out, do any of that. Finally, on wow. the third day, his liaison from Compassion comes and says, I know how hard it's been for you, but please, I want to show you how with Jesus, there can be light in the darkest places. Uh-huh. Introduces him to a young man, the young man speaking like English and talk. There's a light in his eyes. Uh-huh. The, the Canadian pastor says, I want to meet your family. Um, something in his heart instantly said, I, I feel like I'm supposed to invite this this boy in. So he comes down. They sit down with the family, you yeah. know, in the house. He says, I want to invite your son to come back in, uh, and, and study with me in Canada. And uh, the, the parents, they're, okay, yes, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where you're like, are they translating what I'm saying?
0: Oh, yeah, I've been there especially when you, you like say something like super long and then they go like, dung, dung, dung. Yeah. like what the heck is that that's it <laughs> like, I mean, there's, there's a, something you're leaving there's, out there's man
1: something you're leaving out right so you know you've been there oh bro all the time like, or or the opposite or the opposite super say long and then they're like they're <laughs>
0: preaching their own sermon
1: or the reaction is off you're like wait that wasn't a joke why are you laughing anyways so they're super nonchalant like, praise God, yes. He's like, no, no, no. I'm saying, like, will he come and live with me? And I don't know. I'm not saying the whole family can come. This is your oldest son. He has a responsibility. Yeah. So he's, like, breaking it down. Yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. the response to the translation comes back. They're like, yes, praise God. Praise God. And he's like, okay. So he's trying to break it down a third time. Like, do yeah. you understand what this means? And they interrupt, and they say something in Creole. Translation comes back in English, and they say, no, 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 no we fully understand you see god told us you were coming our son's whole life we were just wow. waiting we were just waiting for this day wow that haitian young man is my pops what <laughs>
0: bro how come i never knew this story
1: like seriously i never knew this story bro that was my pops that's sleep. how your family ended up in uh, canada yeah god told us you were coming my son's whole life we were waiting that for this day that is crazy bro so Bro, so you've come <laughs> you've come from a
0: lineage of like men of God, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, did, and,
0: I don't know why I never realized that, man.
1: Bro, um <laughs> I that, you know, know, that explains <laughs> a lot, man. It, it explains a lot. But you know what's crazy, Fab? Is I'm figuring these stories out more and more. Because wow. the more I'm meeting my family, the more I'm checking out my roots, the more I'm putting the pieces together.
0: So so hold up. Your grandparents yeah. heard from the Holy Spirit. Yes since your dad was born yes. that there would be this white Canadian man coming to take pretty much to adopt your dad. Yeah. Take him to Canada to get yeah. his education <laughs> and get him ready for ministry. So, like, so
1: so that's what happened. That's what, yeah. And, and, and I mean the details I recently, when I took my oldest son back to, to Haiti um, uh, and, and we got to see the house where my pops grew up, you know what I mean? And, it's, uh, that's another story for another time, but there's, there is something I believe. And if you're watching right now, this is not a coincidence. You know, I believe that, that you have a destiny over your life. Come on, You have a destiny from the womb, whether you know it or not, that there's that's a good. destiny that God has for you. If you're willing to trust God with this story.
0: Wow, man. So, so you, I mean, so your parent, I mean, your dad. Moves to so Canada. my dad comes
1: that's a whole nother crazy story that i don't think we have time to go into right now but basically um nah, so no 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 da- let me so, let me hit you with this part of it though because so, so this your is kind of
0: your dad's name tennyson. Tennyson. tennyson tennyson
1: he's like a local legend man he's tennyson Ulysses yeah and
0: and this is toronto
1: this is toronto bro he's coming from haiti to toronto in the caribbean to toronto in winter in the dead of winter, be <laughs> so everybody from like the town put together wow. fabric to get him a, a coat because there's all yeah. these legends about yeah. snow and like it falls from the sky and it's like cold. And, first you know, time you've seen snow. First time, never seen snow before. No one had crazy. ever seen snow, so they all put together fabric and they made him a custom made winter coat. I still have the coat in my closet kind of like, back home. Like to- Joseph? <laughs> yeah, but it's like the equivalent of a windbreaker. It's the thickest coat they had seen. They didn't know how to make a winter coat. Wow. Bro, he gets off the plane. He sees. Oh, this
0: is in Haiti. Yeah, so in Haiti
1: they put together to try to oh, make okay, him a coat. Okay. okay. Because then they're in there like, man, this thing called snow and it's cold. Bro, yeah. but, but uh, he gets off the plane for the first time. He sees his breath coming out of his mouth. If it's super cold, you can see your <laughs> breath. I don't know where you're watching from, but you can see your breath when it's mad yeah. cold. And he's like, oh, snap, like, and my insides are on fire and there's smoke coming out of my mouth. So he runs back (laughs) on the plane. He ran (laughs) back back onto the plane. He's like, what's going on? There's so many funny stories like that, right? But here's the crazy (laughs) part is he comes out and they're like, oh, so, you know, immigration interviewing him. He's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I'm coming here to go to school. But you can't say that because he didn't have the the right papers. He was just coming on a visit and then they were going to apply once he was in country. Okay but he didn't know what not to say at immigration so right. he said school they said oh, sorry you don't have the right papers you're going back on the next plane to port au prince so no way my canadian who's now my grandpa right but at the time the canadian pastor who's hosting him is so you what, call him grandpa yeah thing. that's my grandma and grandpa straight up bro Come i have on, three sets bro. of grandparents that's and awesome. my haitian family mad close my canadian family mad close it's like that's awesome but so my my Canadian grandpa the pastor yeah. is waiting and he's like everyone's off the plane the airport's now empty no he's not out he's like what's going on what's going on? they don't have cell phones they don't know what yeah yeah so he talks to the guy the guy's like oh yeah no nah, he's detained and he's he can't come out he's on the next plane back to Port-au-Prince so they're like, we don't have this whole God story, destiny to stop like this.
0: Exactly, man. It's like,
1: come on. So again, uh, the principle is, you do the possible, God does the impossible. Come That's on. always our principle, right?
0: You do the natural, He does He does the supernatural. Boom. I like yeah. that better. Yeah. I'm oh, gonna no, use no, no. that I, one. I, no, I,
1: I I like yours too, man. <laughs> nah, let me start using yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Put that in my pocket. All right. <laughs> so, so my gra- so Canadian grandpa come and says, um, well. There has to be something that we can do in the Nature. Like, there's, gotta there's, there's be something, somebody we can talk to. Surely you have a boss. Your boss has a boss. Um, what can we do? And uh, so they're making phone calls, long delays. Finally, they come back. They said, okay, we'll let him out because the next flight back, he has to be on the next flight back. It's the law. But the next flight back, it's like a Friday. The next flight back is on a Monday, so he can come out to Monday. But you have to sign this paper if he's not back. You're Isn't on the illegal. Line. It's illegal. And then now you're, you're indictable. In yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> you're a criminal if he's not back on Monday, straight up.
0: So he signs
1: He the has paper. to sign to get him out for the weekend. So like, okay, what are we going to do? The whole weekend goes by. Sunday, he's sharing in a small church. They maybe have like 30 some people at this small little church, right? In Canada.
0: So your dad is sharing?
1: The pastor. The pastor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. The pastor. He's sharing at his small little church of 30 people about the situation. We have to pray. Uh-huh. This is the supernatural part. So they did the possible, get him out for the weekend. Yeah. Now we need to pray, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they're like, because before they left the immigration at the airport, they said, who's the one person that can make a decision on this? To you know, because uh, the law is the law. Yeah. But who's the one person within the law that can make the decision? They said, well, the minister of immigration is the only person. The only person.
0: It would be, it would come down to him.
1: To the minister of, of immigration. Wow. They're at this small little church praying on the Sunday morning. Church, this is what we need. We need a move of God from the minister of immigration somehow to make this thing by tomorrow. Bro, I kid you not. Someone comes up after the service, and it's like 30 people, and it's like, hey, my son is one of the, the uh, PAs for the secretary of immigration, and he's coming to my house for lunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is after Sunday morning this church.
1: Is after Sunday morning church they go there they find out they make like some crazy this is back in the day like telegrams the, they're, they're, like they like
0: the, the real telegram not like, the app I, yeah. no no <laughs> honestly like, like, so, like some of these kids bro they don't like, know Gen Z you talk about telegram
1: they're like that's an app
0: yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> I don't even technically know what a telegram is but it you know it's an old yeah, school yeah, yeah, form of yeah. communication and so they, they, they're like, oh, snap. The PA is like, oh, I would help you out. But I'm sorry. The Minister of immigration's on vacation in the Caribbean right now. We can't get in touch with him. But then he hears the story, bro. And he's like, we got to do something. So then wow. they send a message to the Minister of Immigration, who's on vacation in the Caribbean. They get him the message. He gives the okay to give him a pass back from vacation. They get him the what? pass on Monday morning, bro.
0: So he's legal, bro. What a miracle, <laughs> so man. Legal.
1: And that's how the story goes. But um So your dad grew I mean, so he's he's living in Canada. He's living in Canada. And um I'm not sure, like that's a whole uh, interesting backstory, but um I grew up not necessarily knowing any of that part of my story. I just wow. grew up as a normal kid, you know, like we didn't go to li- church. Yeah, no, we didn't go to church. We didn't go to church. So something really? happened along the way in the story. Like obviously my, my parents are amazing. My dad's like one of my heroes, characters, if you've ever seen the movie Coach Carter, he's kind of like yeah. a Coach Carter, like a legendary, you know, character. <laughs> I, I, I heard some stories. <laughs> he coached you guys, like, soccer, right? Yeah, he coached us soccer growing up. <laughs> That's why I love Brazil, because we grew up with a giant plaque of, like, Pele in our basement, still That's to awesome. this day. But, um, boom, yeah, so I didn't grow up um, Go going to church. to church or anything, so something happened along the way. I don't know if it was just, you know, um, busyness of life or whatever. But I didn't grow up with that uh, Christian context, really.
0: Bro, so tell me about the Toronto Revival. I mean, how did you get... From that to that?
1: Yeah. Um, So, real quick, I mean, without having that guidance system of the Lord, you know, I just went wild. you know. And I almost think it's because there was a destiny Mm -hmm. that there was almost like a demonic favor that then came in. Wow. So, I was in like ninth grade kicking it with cats who were like... 18 yeah 19 so i was like mentored by uh one of my older brothers at that time which is crazy i'm like uh, pre-puberty kicking it with cats who are like crack cocaine you know my mentor is a crack cocaine dealer i didn't know he was a crack cocaine dealer but he has gold he's got the rottweiler dogs he's got his own apartment he's got money he's hooking me up with stuff and he's put taking me under his wing and that's my older brother you know what i mean looking out for me
0: biological no 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 no. just, just,
1: just that close that close yeah and so I almost, it's like almost like a demonic favor that came in because there was a gap. And so um, with that, just going to get caught up in that lifestyle. And I didn't know it was necessarily anything bad because that was just, you know, my friends. And, um, but to give a quick glimpse of then what the Lord had to save me out of. Um, my mom got saved. My mom got saved sometime when I was in grade school. She gave her life back to the Lord. Started praying, going to church would take me once in a blue. Okay. But um, she started praying for me, and I, and even fasting, and i was like, Man, "What are you doing? Like, I'm good. You don't need to be doing this stuff." I thought she was actually literally insane, because wow. she said, "Oh yeah, God said this, God said that." I'm like, "You hear voices? Wow. Oh my goodness! Like, I was thinking yeah, yeah, it was yeah. schizophrenia. Like for yeah. real, I didn't know." And this worship, and she would say to her Christian friends, like, "I, I thought she was insane, bro." Wow. But she would be praying for me. And to give you a picture of what God saved me out of at the time, because eventually her prayers did get to me, I had three cinematic dreams. What do you mean by cinematic? dreams? Cinematic dreams means like full color, emotions, raw. You can remember them like you watched a movie. Like still to this day, I can recall the imagery like and the super emotions. Vivid. Yeah, and I remember waking from the dreams. I said, "Mom, what? I just had this. What, what, I'm shook." I said, what does this mean? Like, a dream, like, for instance, one of them was a guy was telling me what's the meaning of life, but I have to answer this phone at this location. I'm running to the thing. The phone's ringing. He's going to tell me the meaning of life. I answer the Over the f- phone. Over the phone. I'm running to this payphone and it's ringing. I finally get to, he's like, the meaning of life is, boom, and I wake up. And I'm like, no, no. Kind like the Matrix, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, no, dog. it's like the Matrix. I'm, like, <laughs> trying to go back to sleep, like, trying to fake the, the next part of the dream. Like, what's the meaning of life? No, I can't go back <laughs> to sleep. That's funny, bro. But so, she fi- so the prayers finally got to me. So I said, you know, I wake up. I'm like, what, what does this mean? She's like, if it's God, ask him. He'll tell you the, the interpretation. But so the series, over the series, it began to explain to me the meaning of life, the whole thing. But to give you a picture. So I mean,
0: these things were like kind of like series?
1: It was a series. These, these, yeah, like yeah. M- dreams?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was wild, fam. Like three, wow. G- And each time I get an interpretation, would be one more piece of the puzzle. The first one was I didn't know. And it was like exposing my pride. Like, you, sh- you think you know the meaning of life? You're on a rock floating in outer space right now around a giant ball of gas fire called the sun. You have no idea what you're doing here on this planet. Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, that puts it in perspective.
1: That's... Like, you think you're hard, dog? Yeah, yeah. You think you're the man? You don't even know what you're doing.
0: Exactly.
1: Wow. So, like... <laughs> But to give you I a pitch, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> but it's good. I was haunted, man. Like, going, putting my head on my pillow at night, like, what am I doing? Like, no, in, And life. Yeah. Like, I didn't ask to be here. Why
0: do I exist?
1: Where do I go when I die?
0: So, you were thinking these things. I was haunted
1: by that, bro. And it was the prayers of my praying mom. And it was, and then these dreams are now exposing and bringing it all to like this head, you know? So, wow. Yeah. But so with that, it finally pulls me out. And, um, but eventually to give you a picture of what, like the Lord pulled me out of from those, um, eventually when it ended up happening with some of my friend group, one of my friends ended up getting his throat slit. What, slit? Slit.
0: Like what, was it was like a gang fight or something? Yeah, it
1: was like a fight. Someone just took a thing, slit him. He was in a coma for a month, should have died. It was on the news and everything. Oh my God. In Toronto. One of my friends, um, did time in jail for selling, uh, cocaine and guns in a large quantities. Um, wow. and one of my friends did time in jail for a murder case. So and, These are like, this is your click. Yeah. These are some of my, yeah, my really close. And guys. your
0: mom is praying.
1: My mom is fasting and, and praying. And
0: you're getting haunted by I'm these, getting, yeah.
1: Yeah. These prayers. Uh-huh. Like full on, like coming home late at night and seeing the light on under in the guest room door and yeah. hear a prayer? I'm like, oh man. But after these dreams, bro. It, woke, it, it shook me. It woke me up to like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm, every time I'm taking one step to God, he's like sprinting a thousand towards me. Wow. I would take one step towards him. I would cut off one thing. Okay. And every step I would take towards him, it felt like the hardest decision I had to make in my life at that moment, but he would meet me in that moment. Wow. And uh, yeah, bro, that's what brought me to then uh, eventually Toronto. At the time, I didn't know. I kind of heard these stories. So, like,
0: somebody invited you to go to, like, a Toronto revival? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, because it was happening, it was, like, um, maybe 45 minutes or so, 50 minutes from my house where the Toronto Airport Church was happening.
0: So, was this, like, uh, at the time, was, like, every Christian in Canada Mm -hmm. knew about it? I think. They had an opinion about it, right? Because, I mean, they had a lot of haters.
1: They had a lot of hate, But any revival. Like, the Great Awakening at the time was called The Great Noise. Wow. We call it the Great Awakening now. Exactly. Yeah. So so I think you have people who are divided, but like, again, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you have this amount of people getting out of wheelchairs, this amount of people getting saved, this wow. amount of people waiting around the block in the snow in the cold just to get in and try to hope to get a seat. Wow. The numbers don't lie. When you have nightly services every night for 10 years packed out. Come on. Because they're so hungry, forgotten flying in from all over the world. Oh
0: no! I knew a lot. Yeah, like my cousins from Brazil flew out there, bro, mm. and they came. At, they came back totally different. Interesting. Like I was actually, you know, I was like, I don't know, I was super young when it all started. Mm. So I was like a kid in church, but all I heard was like, yeah, people like roll around on the floor, they're <laughs> laughing, and I'm like, whoa,
1: that's, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> well, it was. Uh- yeah, bro. But for me, I didn't know any different. Because as soon as I'm coming into this journey of, like, giving my life to God, boom, I'm just, that's what I knew to be normal so, Christian. So what was
0: your first impression walking into a, a Toronto Revival meeting?
1: Well, it was kind of interesting because before I, I had had those dreams, my great my great-grandma would try to, like, Get me saved by bringing me to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just thought that that was her church, and I didn't know. I, so I thought it was normal. to See people so, getting. So glassed. she
0: went to that church.
1: Yeah, they, they, you know, people. Every it was like kind of like our, for the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. It was kind of like everyone's default place that they gotcha. would like go because they had nightly services and it's glory every, every night, every night, every night, bro. Wow. So, so she would try to come, and I remember one time I'd be in a line because they'd have to make everyone line up on these lines so everyone could get prayer. Have all these lines hundreds of people just on one line you wow. know what i mean and like bro the, my whole line of like 100 people would be slain in the spirit and i'd still be standing because it was before i knew the lord right wow but i just thought that that was normal church but i thought ah this spirit thing is not for me because i never get touched whenever my grandma would try to bring me to these yeah. type of things but now that i had made my own journey to surrender and give my life to the lord it was different now the holy spirit had a landing place Come on. So the next time I went, bro, it was like... You're getting lit. <laughs> bro, it was like everyone around me getting like electrocuted, like 500,000 volts of electricity. Really? And the thing from the streets, it's like I need to know realness detector. Like, is this cat yeah, real yeah, or yeah, is he yeah, fake? Yeah, yeah, You know, we all kind of had that. And, but for me, I was like, this is the realest thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. What is this? And then they came to pray for me. They prayed for me. They didn't give up, thank God. And Boom. I thought it felt like a 100-foot like tsunami wave of raw love. Um, I didn't have any language for it, the glory of the Lord. I was like, man, it feels like I'm on 100 ecstasy pills, 100 molly. That's what I felt like. Oh, my God, that's a lot. I uh, know. I was like, yo, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, speaking in another language, I'm like, yo, this is African. Then I'm like, wait, Africa's a so continent. You're like, you're like it's not speaking a in
0: tongues, and you're like, Man, that sounds like Chinese, man. <laughs> I, was like,
1: I thought it. Would, no, I thought I. Do you sounds, ever do like, that?
0: Do you ever do that? Like when you're speaking in tongues, you're like, "What language is this?" I'm like, "I'm speaking in tongues." Like, whoa, man, that could be French
1: for real. <laughs> I was. I thought I was like. My first thought was this is African. I'm like, this is my roots. I'm like, this is my African. Root. <laughs> but then I was like, Africa's a continent. It's not a language. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this? Is continent or something?
0: That's hilarious, yeah. bro. So how do you go from like Toronto to missions, bro? Because uh, yeah, you know, if if you're listening to this. I met Christoph in the mission field. Yeah. And uh, we both serve with a, a missions organization. And and uh, we're involved in a bunch of different stuff together. Yeah. But uh, how did you get into missions, man?
1: That's a great question. Because, I mean, I, honestly,
0: yeah. let's be real. Yeah. Somebody like you yeah. is mm-hmm. not your typical missionary. Right. And when I say somebody like you is, somebody coming from a city, like an urban right. setting. Right. Uh, black. Uh-huh you know, young, Mm -hmm. you don't see that that much.
1: Bro, that's a great yeah, Right? And and I mean, that's
0: also one of the things that I struggled when I started my Mm -hmm. my missions journey is like, Mm -hmm. I don't see many people that look like me in in the mission field. And I know I am breaking the stereotype of what a missionary looks like. But the more that we've been talking about this thing, Mm -hmm. man, we see a new wave of missionaries Mm -hmm. rising up. And I want to touch on that a little bit. But before... How did you get into this, man?
1: Man, that's a great question. I think, um, well, after I had that encounter with Holy Spirit, everything changed. Um, You know, one of my friends calls me up. He's on 18 charges facing penitentiary time. And he says, I want you to show me this Jesus that changed your life. Wow. He comes, gives his life to the Lord. A bunch of my friends gave their lives to the Lord. That first one now has been a missionary in the Philippines for over 10 years the one with 18 charges yeah the one who yeah so his first times in church we'd have to videotape on sunday and send him the services because he couldn't go to church for the first he had to you know stand in court still you know face the music. but he got so
0: so today he's a missionary today
1: he's a missionary in the philippines for over like over 12 years he's planting churches all over southeast asia doing it's it's wild bro it's amazing um but yeah a bunch of my homies got saved and um but bro, but, bro, it was like I would be in worship, I'd be in anything, and instantly I had this impulse to go back. It was kind of like that destiny from my dad wow. and from my grandpa in Haiti that was, like, calling, you know, something where I felt like um, this, this, I, I, not, you've heard of survivor's guilt? No. Okay, survivor's guilt is, like, if, if somebody's been in, like, a car accident and all of their, like, close people to them pass away, but they stay alive.
0: Oh, okay, okay, Or if
1: you're in the army and a bunch of your friends pass. They're,
0: they get killed in war. Yeah, and but you're you, still alive. You, you survive, yeah. yeah it's,
1: there's something called survivor's guilt. So then
0: you feel guilty because you actually made it.
1: Because I made it. Yeah. And I'm looking at my, you know, my, my roots in Haiti. And I'm looking and I'm like, how am I here in wow. the West? But I don't call it survivor, survivor's guilt. I call it survivor's responsibility. Come on, man. And there is this natural impulse within me towards mission. Why am I here? I now have, I've been blessed so that I can be a blessing.
0: Come on. Wow. So that puts you on this uh, missions journey. I want to serve as a missionary. And um, I I don't know, man, but I mean, I think it it has to do just with that simple gospel. When we talk about like Mm. loving Jesus and just having uh the lord's heart for the lost yeah and you're like you know what i'm good i could do this for the rest of my life right and then um and i know that that's kind of like because we had these conversations
1: definitely bro i think because i knew what it was like to have those feelings of being haunted of not knowing what the meaning of life was wow and knowing that there's other people out there that have never even heard the name that don't even have a praying mom yet wow yeah you know what i mean and i'm like how do we get the gospel and that's that that missional impulse, and I think that was a crazy observation. I just want to throw that out there that you made of people like me, because it was mad lonely, bro. You know, for a long time. If you don't know the stats, um, uh, I believe it's Barna did the research, or Christianity Today is where I got the the numbers from. Yeah. But the the African Americans in missions is just 0.3%. zero point three percent.
0: Zero point three per- percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but I also uh, hear that there isn't a statistics that says that the demographic that's more most willing to go to the mission field are male african-americans
1: yes and so shout out to the homies at the send come on from the first send in orlando yeah bro i've seen massive shift because you're calling what happened bro we did that call to to missions for african-americans now there's like a precedent this is a thing Wow. And it calls to that missional impulse in our DNA of survivor's responsibility. Yep, yep. And it reminds me of what happened with Joseph, who was sold by his brothers into slavery. When Joseph is in this place, and he now says, "What the en- by you selling me into slavery, yep. and what the enemy intended for evil, God is flipping around for the saving of many lives. Come on, man. And so now there's a whole army that that's, I believe is going to be called that's forth.
0: It. That's it, man. And so... Um, Bro, one of our first conversations. Yeah. I mean, I think we spent like, I don't know, hours, me, you, and Suno. Yeah. Suno Park is a Korean-American uh, a missionary, an amazing leader. He's like one of our best friends. Shout
1: out to the homie Suno.
0: And uh, we were sitting together for hours, and you guys were telling me about Myanmar. Yeah. Bro, why don't you tell us a little bit about, I mean, what what were you guys doing in Myanmar? And just, just like... Uh, I love to, I think people would love to hear that, about that, man. Yeah. Even some of the stories, it's just so supernatural.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I think with that missional impulse to share the good news with people that have never heard the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right. And so we had been doing different campaigns in other countries. Um, so India is kind of where he and I first started. So when you say campaigns, what, what do you mean by that? So campaign is basically like a, a super strategic uh, initiative, usually in a city where you could kind of, if you could imagine like the story of Elijah versus the prophets of Baal, where you yeah. try to bring the city together and say, let's see which God answers by fire. Yeah, yeah. Whichever yeah. God does, let's follow him. Yeah, yeah like a showdown. A showdown.
0: Yeah, yeah. good old fashioned yeah,
1: yeah. showdown. Yeah,
0: right? Come on. <laughs> calling all the town to come out and yeah. just check it out. Yeah. Which
1: God answers by fire. Come on. So that's kind of what we, you know, how we started off in India. And, uh, you know, Suno, Sano was like my blood brother, you know. And, uh, but he is so gifted strategically. And so it would be the, the gospel, but then we would have programs for widows, Muslim widows, and giving them bi- micro-businesses like sewing businesses and wow. setting up other uh, ventures business-wise and with training. Uh, it would always be in conjunction with training local pastors and working together. But um, we, So we would do these other nations. And sometimes um, you would only be able to go in and just do the gospel part. Okay. Because of the nation or because of the setup or the progression of where the nation was at or where they were ready for whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you could only maybe do the gospel and pastor's training or Bible distribution. But Myanmar, everything changed. Um, we had... Because we had seen and been encouraged by the precedent of national initiatives, mm-hmm. national campaigns in other nations that were more like um, maybe Catholic or Christian, nominal Christian nations. You know, like one nation, one day where we're like, okay, we're able to see things in nations. Yeah. But for, again, with our missional impulse, we're like, what would it look like in a non-Christian nation to do a national campaign? Wow. <laughs> Not only like a non-Christian nation. I
0: mean, what, yeah. what, what religion is Myanmar primarily? Is primarily it Buddhist? Bo- Buddhist, yeah. Buddhist, right? Yeah. And how did like the, the, the ultra-Buddhist
1: yeah. behave towards you guys? I mean, were they okay with that? I mean, was yeah. there per- persecution? Yeah, man. I mean, the crazy context about Myanmar is it's com- it was you know coming out of genocide. So they're coming out of wow. like a living hell, you know? Wow and so let's just start there and understand that you know when we see scripture when he says that he weeps with those who weeps and he mourns with those who mourn like i've seen the spirit of god move in a lot of places but the way that the holy spirit would minister to those people bro was so special wow so powerful
0: yeah it's just it's just very hard for us to grasp that yeah in the west yeah, but it
1: was so much power because they needed it. Yep. That love encounter. I'm telling you, in it, mud, in the rain. It's
0: like when Apostle Paul says, his grace is made perfect in your weakness, you know? Mm. And um, yeah. where sin abounded, you know, grace. overbounded yeah. grace, you know? It's just yeah. kind of like that, that relation yeah. right there.
1: Yeah, there's like a violence to his love for those wow. who have been oppressed, you know? That's crazy. There's a violence to his love. So when he would come in in those meetings, bro... And sometimes people would be mocking us or laughing or, you know, like, Psh, we'll never come. But they never seen anything. So we might show up and, you know, you're renting out like a soccer field or a venue and you have, you know, music and you have things mm-hmm. and foreigners. Just so like a crusade. Yeah, yeah, like L- a crusade. Like a crusade. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And like how many people would show up to these things?
1: So different, different um, venues would have different time. The first one we did one, you know, mm-hmm. in one city. Then we would expand. We then we did three simultaneous cities the next time. Then we ended up going to six, but this is what everything changed in Myanmar, is because of our, our our, our friends, our friends from Myanmar. The indigenous. Yeah, yeah, the indigenous uh, from Myanmar. Locals, locals. Locals, yeah, yeah, locals from Myanmar, um, who, bro, these guys are carrying a vision for their country, and we're just there to serve that. This one, this Myanmar stuff, it wasn't us. I mean. Shout out to, to Suno, man, because he had the blueprint. But, like, he got the blueprint from our friends. Oh, wow. That had multiple generations. So, so generation these are, like, the Lord. people from Myanmar that yeah. are doing stuff already. That are, like, coming out of genocide. That were getting visions from the Lord of, you know, that are coming out of, like, starvation, bro. And wow. mass murder. Like, guys rolling up in churches and just, like, burning the pastor alive type of stuff, bro. What? That's the stuff they're coming out of, you know? <clears throat> so... They're carrying this vision for their nation. Um, Shout out to my friend, Dolal, who um, was really the key piece for us in this. And he had this vision to see um, a national wide in every province, in every state to have this campaign multi-level. And this is where, you know, Sunno and these other apostolic giftings come into play because now we're looking at government. We're looking at business. We're looking at the the church. All the spheres that's so it awesome. ends up happening beginning of 2020 before the pandemic that we have our last, you know, thing uh, and we meet in Yangon in the capital city. We're doing our launch the sixth simultaneous one. We had the vice president's family with, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the vice president's wife meeting with us. Leading politicians, leading pastors. I heard she's, guys. A, she's a Christian. No. Yeah, she's a Christian. Obviously, now, as we're talking, as this is being recorded, um, since the pandemic, the nation went back into... Was she
0: the one that got arrested or no? That's no, somebody that's... Else.
1: Yeah, yeah. She, that was, the, that was the, the leader of the nation. But as this is being recorded... The Nobel Peace Prize winner, prize yeah, winner right? Yeah. 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 So the nation is now back in civil unrest as, as this is being recorded. So there
0: was a... I mean, just so people here that are listening that aren't aware... Uh, there was a military coup yeah right and yep. then uh, pretty much they stole the elections yeah so there's, there's i'm not sure if she was a christian lady but there's this the nobel peace prize winner yep. was she a christian lady uh yeah yeah you not don't know. not yeah we don't know but she yeah. okay so anyway so she pretty much wins
1: uh-huh by and- a democratic election and yeah. then the military says no. Nah. The military says no. Nah. And they were kind of always ruling from the back from the shadows with the iron fist anyways, but they were just seeing it go more and more towards democracy and like in in Shan State where we did our our second wave of campaigns. We're doing Bible wow. distribution. We're figuring out ways to smuggle Bibles in, bro. We're getting like dog. Nah, we're getting In their, See, in their own language. In their own language. In their heart language. Man. Which language in Myanmar is a whole other conversation because there's so many multiple languages. But we're, we're working with different languages. And so um, at this time, this is the key for me, right? And the fear of the Lord is that when the Lord is saying go, it's time to go, you don't know how long that window is open. Wow. So if you're trying to wait, you don't know, especially like... Um, in in, in, in in like delayed obedience, sometimes is disobedience.
0: Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> with you, bro. Say that again. <laughs>
1: for real, bro. I have to fear of the Lord in that, bro, saying that. But delayed obedience is disobedience. If we would not have gone in that window. Sano hadn't really gone and pushed and said, it's time. You yeah, know? Yeah. We, we That window was open for a nation coming out of genocide and then going back into civil unrest and dictatorship. There was a small little window. And we were able to go in in wow. a national campaign um, and see God really move.
0: Wow, man. So... I mean, we could go on for hours just listening to your you guys' um, Myanmar stories and mm-hmm. and people that are, uh, you know, watching, mm-hmm. and listening to us. We're talking about uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, now, explain something to me here. Mm-hmm. Is it Burma or is it Myanmar? Yeah. Or, or yeah. what's the deal here?
1: Yeah. so Because mis- I kind of went to school learning Burma. Burma. We all did. Yeah. So if you've seen, like, Rambo, I mean, he's in Burma. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so, ramble, yeah, remember yeah, that, that, remember that, that movie one. was mad violent, dog. And since going there, I can't watch that because I'm like, really? you know, outside of our hotel, sometimes there's landmines and there's stuff, you know, we get stopped at checkpoints. So I don't like to put those in yeah. my mind because I'm rolling up in there. But yeah, um, yeah, Burma's interesting. And that's, that's a great observation, actually, because uh, the Burmese are one people group within okay. a nation that has multiple pre- people groups and okay. multiple languages.
0: So the nation is Myanmar? Yes, they
1: changed the, the name because it was Burma, but the rest of the, that's why there's so much, you know, you. civil unrest. It's because like, no, we're not Burmese. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We're
1: Chin, we're Zoe, we're, you know? Yes, yes, So yes. finally they said, no, let's take a neutral name and let's call it Myanmar.
0: Wow, okay, okay. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, man, I went to school with the girl
1: that was chin okay yeah
0: yeah and uh, she would say i'm from myanmar my family's from myanmar
1: if you're interested in a dope study if you're uh, if you're into like re- re- real revival history and like the if you love the bible and you like to study you got to check out the the story for don richardson you know he yeah. writes eternity in their hearts yeah he talks about a people group in Myanmar, right? Uh. That, were, that had, before contact, before colonial contact. Oh, that, that story is in Myanmar? Yes. Oh, wow. They, there's, well, there's all over the earth. Like, even the Hawaiians have cities, you know, like yeah, the other yeah, people yeah. groups. But there's in Myanmar, a people group that had the gospel narrative of a garden, of a snake. Without
0: having heard the gospel through uh, a missionary or something.
1: Come in on, their culture.
0: That's awesome.
1: Bro. That resisted Buddhism when Buddhism came in because they're like, no, that's not the truth. Wow. We're separated from the creator. Yep. By our sin. And we need to get back to him.
0: Come on, man. Yeah. So, bro, like we could keep going on these stories, but I want to really hit something. Yeah. Um, Before we close off, mm. man. And I want to talk about, like, the future of missions mm. or the future of what you see the Lord doing in the body of mm. Christ. Because yeah. I know you've been traveling all over yeah. mainland USA, yeah. especially since Myanmar has closed for you guys. You've been mm-hmm. kind of hitting different spots in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have been doing amazing work. Man, what, yeah. what have you seen in, in this new generation, the millennials, mm-hmm. the Gen Zs, mm-hmm. you know, that are, like, saying yes to the Great
1: Commission? What What are you seeing? Man, uh, just being 100 with you, bro, I, I genuinely see things like what you guys are carrying in Brazil as the future of missions. Wow. I genuinely mean that. To see um, a youth movement that is hungry for God. Yeah. This is what impressed me is, is because I've seen moves of Holy Spirit and the power. But yep. um, what, what I see here is there's this... Um, duality of the power, but with substance. And I was trying to find out why. And yesterday I was talking to some of the guys and, you know, pulling yep. it from them. Yeah. And bro, it's because you guys value discipleship so much. Wow. There's now, it's like these pouring out the glory, yeah, but yeah. there's a container to catch it. Wow. It's not just, boom, a moment of saturation and then it evaporates. It's not just
0: spilling it It's not just spilling it
1: and there's a moment of glory and then it evaporates. Because now there's a container of real substance in discipleship. Wow. That's that's creating a glory with substance here. Come on. That's something that I think not only for missions, because that's going to change, right? You guys can get into countries as maybe Brazilians that we cannot yeah the other especially in the middle east especially in the middle east yeah especially in these unreached people groups um and i think now like it's going to look like more like this like more nations that are going to be leading the way so uh what you guys are carrying here man i th- i really feel is is and future mission. i
0: would also say that i my opinion is discipleship needs to be the centerpiece of the future church in America. I was just going to say, I feel like not only like, like you, just, you guys
1: got to teach us.
0: I, I mean, just look at what's <clears throat> happening in America, man. It's just, yeah. I think a lot of that woe culture mm-hmm. has to do with a vacuum that was left because of, of, um, entertainment in church and not yes. enough discipleship. It was like mm. attractional model yeah. only, yeah. which is not bad, but I mean, if it's the only thing you do, that's not enough. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, we need to make disciples. That's, that's, that's the end product, right? That
1: is the Great Commission. So when you say, what is the future of missions? The mission is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it's also Mark 16, preach the gospel. It's both. And so I see, that's what I mean with this full picture that I see here. It's preach the go- Mark 16, 50, preach the gospel, signs and wonders. Yep. And it's also Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. For sure. And so I do so There's don't- that revival piece, and there's also that
0: reformational piece, right
1: that's what i see here that's what i feel like it's not just the future for missions i feel like also for the west that that what we're seeing here we need there in in america So, so
0: as somebody that's been doing uh missionary work in the east yeah like yourself yeah uh coming from a haitian background yeah growing up in canada yeah wouldn't you say uh, that today maybe the West is a mission field, bro? Don't get me started. Right? I'm gonna and start I, crying, like, bro. Because I I, I, I hear <laughs> this, some stories, even like oh, from our man. African brothers. Like my spiritual father yeah. is, is from Africa. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, bro, I was like, tell this quick thing. Like this past week, man, I was mm. I was uh, studying the life of Samuel Morris, mm. Prince Kabu. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard of this you guy. I, I was just guy. telling you about this, about right? Him about him, yeah. But uh, th- this young man who was a, prin- a, li- a prince of a tribe in Liberia. This is mm. 1880s. Okay. He is uh, 1880s. Yeah, mm. that's what it was. Right. And uh, he's captured in a, a tribal war as a prisoner of war. It has a supernatural encounter like a Saul kind of Tarsus wow. on the road to Damascus encounter. Anyway, long story short. Makes it all the way out to New York to become what uh, church historians will consider the first uh, African missionary to America. Wow. In the 1890s, I would say. Wow. Wow! And goes to study um, theology at Taylor University in Indiana. Okay. And uh, has a huge impact. There actually dies in his sophomore year. Pneumonia. And uh, as I'm reading this thing, man, I felt the Lord say, I'm doing it again you know i'm doing it again oh i was actually studying to to teach the sermon on a on a radical commitment uh this past week bro and i felt the holy spirit say i'm doing it again is. you know it, it, it's it's one of those things of like the global south being raised up as a missions force yeah you know and so and i'm not saying that just because today i'm living in the global south for a good chunk of my life i lived in america yeah so for me, I mean, it's, I've always had this thing in my mind. I actually went to live in America because yeah. what we do here is a result of American missionaries that planted mm-hmm. the seed here. Mm-hmm. And so we have a ministry here that was planted by American mm-hmm. missionaries. Mm-hmm. So it's very natural for you to, you know, and it's actually comfortable for us in the global yeah. south. Yeah, yeah, you guys in the mm-hmm. west, you do the mission work and thank you for coming out here. Right. and And I felt the Lord say, no, it's your turn. Yeah. It's your time. Yeah. And, it, and, it,
1: and it's crazy how, like, it's going to catch everybody by surprise, right? Because they're, ex- they're like, there's this post-colonial allergy that's being developed of the typical Western missionary. Yep. You know what I mean?
0: And, Spe- especially if you live in Hawaii, we, and, we're, know, we, we're very in touch with that.
1: Yeah. And th- that allergy comes from something. It comes from pain. It comes from, you know, there was an amazing amount of good that happened with the first generation. Oh, no, Missionaries no, yeah. that came in, but then some of their descendants. But what's being taught today, though, too, you
0: know, it's like there's this very negative connotation yes. to, to missionaries. That's what I'm
1: saying. That, that's that yep. allergy, that post-colonial allergy towards the Western missionary that comes from a real place of real trauma. You yeah. know what I mean? There was some really gnarly stuff that went down, especially in Canada. Wow. Where I'm from, bro, the the level of demonic stuff that happened through some of those guys that were using the name of Jesus is unspeakable. Wow, that happened. So then you have this image, and some of my closest friends, you know, native friends, wow. that they ha- it's it's really hard. So now all of a sudden, what happens when someone like you, like an olive skin, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, Bra- Brazilian, um, comes in and says, uh, "Man, G- no Jesus, like Yeshua," mm-hmm. it hits different. All of a sudden they can hear the firewall is down and it's open. And that's, you, you look at the story of, of post-colonialization, like throughout the earth, the story is the same. Wow. It is. It is, man. So it's, it's not like this is a cool thing that God is doing. It's like, it's makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's so needed.
0: And it's kind of like one of those things that the enemy intended for evil the Lord is yes. is switching it up for good, switching
1: right? Switching it up,
0: bro. And so it's kind of like even, even as you're looking at the whole woke culture and the liberal mm. humanist kind of like worldview that's just kind of going crazy mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, 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 you think. And people think, man, we're losing. And the Lord just flips the script, <laughs> flips right? The script. It's like, all right, man, I'm going to use this. And I'm going to, out of this, raise up a new missions movement, a new revival
1: and reformation movement. Yes, bro. With And it's not like a new, like, it's like going back to how maybe plan A was like the OG real ones. You know, this is, to me, is like plan A++. Wow. Because you've learned the lessons from the other mistakes that happened before, you know? Yeah, so it's like this whole new breed, bro. That's
0: <laughs> awesome. I'm encouraged, man, and and we could go for yeah. hours on this thing, but we got to yeah. cut it. Yeah, but Christophs, thank you so much, man. Man, it's
1: my every honor. time I
0: get around you, man. I I, I feel like so inspired. I feel yeah. like I got to get out there and preach. I got to get out <laughs> there and lay hands on the sick. Got to do something. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure people here are or kind of getting that to, even as they listen to it, to your story, bro, mm. can you just kind of just declare something over people, man? Pray yeah. Something over people. Yeah.
1: I just want to declare, you know, that there is a new breed that is rising up. I think in the past it was like, you're from the Holy spirit camp and you're not really from then the Bible camp. You know, or you're, or you're from the Bible camp and you kind of look at the spirit camp as kind of flaky, yeah. swirly, you know, <laughs> not really serious. They don't know how to handle the scripture, but there is a new breed that is rising up. Come the on. new breed is here and the new breed is spirit and truth. Come on man. The new breed is Mark 16 preach the gospel with signs and wonders and it's also Matthew 28 make disciples. I yeah. believe this new breed is rising up and I believe the new breed is here and I believe the new breed is you. Come on, I believe man. that the more you get into uh, Holy Spirit and loving him with all of your heart, with yes. all of your soul, you're going to start to catch a hunger to want to love him with your mind wow. and you're going to I want to devour this scripture. Yep. Some of you, maybe you're watching right now. You're like, I don't like to learn. I don't like to read. Mm. Well, guess what? In the natural, when you don't eat, you get hungry. Mm. But in the spirit, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. Come on, man. So the more you eat of the word, the more you read of the word, he's going to increase you with a supernatural hunger, not only to read the scripture, but to understand it. And through this community of discipleship, that there's going to be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and you're going to be so uh, uh burning for the things of God, uh, so burning to, to live out what you're reading in the scripture. That's it. And the scripture is going to become the fuel for the fire. Come on. Leviticus 6.13 says, let the fire on the altar never go out. And I believe that it, the fire doesn't have to leave. In past, like where I came out of Trump, the fire has to wane. There's a time when the revival kind of begins to dissipate. But I believe that the fire does not have to go out. Come on, man. When there is fuel for the fire. Fire needs substance to burn. So I want to declare that over you right now. If this is you and you can hear me, just just receive this prayer. I believe that you are part of the new breed. And Holy Mm. Spirit, I ask right now for an impartation, Mm. for the gift of hunger for your word. Lord, I ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, for the mysteries of scripture to become clear. Lord, we ask then for the hunger to live out what they're reading. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, bro. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Love you, fam. Love so you, too, So honored by you, man. Love you, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's it, guys. Another episode of Dunamis Podcast. I hope you're feeling this energy that I'm feeling right here in the studio. God bless you. Be faith-filled and go change the world.